Hello, and welcome to the Conscious Hoofbeat Podcast. This is a podcast that explores the interconnectedness of our health and the health of our horses through self-care, mindfulness, and personal development, along with a little equine wisdom and wellness. I am your host, Dr. Pamela Maynard, the passion-driven equinologist. I have dedicated my life to the horse. Some call me a fanatic, and I claim it because I'd rather be dead than horseless. I'm a published author and researcher, equine body worker, energy facilitator, and I am passionate about deepening the human horse experience. Join me here every Monday where I share my spiritual journey with horses, woo-woo horse care practices, and shared lived experiences from horsewomen around the world. Today, I have international horse advocate Stormy May with us from Northern California. Stormy is a national examiner and chief horse management judge for the United States Pony Club and producer of the documentary, The Path of the Horse. So I'm so privileged to have you uh, join me today on my podcast. Thank you, Stormy. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. What an opportunity. And I will say former chief horse management judge and national examiner. That was uh, definitely part of my formative process, but I, they had asked me to be, be in charge of the, the D level. If you're, can, if you are familiar with pony club, but they wanted me to be in, in charge of the national D level instruction program. But at that point I was starting work on the path of the horse and really seeing that that wasn't what I wanted to pursue anymore. So that's when I stepped away and realized something that felt much more true to my heart. I love that. I love that. Yeah. When we first connected, I was sharing with you that we have similar backgrounds where we both came from kind of that show horse background and just realized that there was a a better way. And I really acknowledged you for being the voice for the horse to share with people that there is a better way for the highest good of the horse. But first, I want you to share the story of how you got the name Stormy because I just love it. <laughs> I know it's probably the, the, the question that is most thought by people, but they're afraid to ask. You know, like, why is it? Oh, really? Stormy? They're afraid. To, yeah, they're afraid to I'm ask. I'm so glad I. So few I'm people so actually ask it. Yeah. Um, it, it, <laughs> when I was probably like nine or 10, definitely in elementary school, um, my friends and I were horses. We needed horse names. So, you know, Stormy, Misty's foal. And my friend was Misty, of course. And yeah, my other friend became Little Vic, which was a racehorse name. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just happened to go with my last name, which was May. Um, and I just loved it. You know, it's like a power name. It's like, if you could be anything, what would you be? And I, I didn't think of storm in any negative way. It was, you know, it was a horse. Sure. It was a beautiful horse. So that's, that's how I got it. And it stuck. And um, yeah, for, for most purposes, that's the name I use. What I love the most about it, I mean, it's such an endearing story, but that the name stuck with you through adulthood that you've embraced mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. that's really that embracing that, that love and that connection to the horse. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I'm glad I wasn't afraid to ask because <laughs> right. I, 
I feel privileged that I know now. So thank you. Um, I want to want to share with people that the, your documentary, The Path of the Horse, they can watch for free on YouTube, which I think is beautiful that you're sharing that for free. And can you just share a little bit about how that came about and that transition, you know, from horse trainer to traveling the world and doing the documentary? And they and I don't be it don't we don't want to put any spoilers out and say what exactly what it's about. They have to go watch it. But I want to hear a little bit about that transition. You know, yeah, really it, what it was, was calling you. It was born out of desperation. It, you know, I had been a horse trainer for, you know, over 10 years at that point. And I was, I was really good. I had plenty of clients. I had plenty of horses in training, but I had a couple of horses. One was my own and one was um, a, a pony that somebody sent for me to start as a kid's pony. And these two particular mares were just saying, no, 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 no. They didn't want to do what I needed them to do. And it was one thing when it was my own horse, which was a huge Dutch warm blood mare, you know, and, and I, I got into natural horsemanship, you know, this was in the nineties and, and um, I'm ashamed to say now that I, I really fought with her for 11 years before recognizing that she was right. Mm. <laughs> but the pony was really what tipped everything over the edge because, you know, she was a big pony, I'm a small person. Um, but it was so easy to just kind of manhandle her and just say, yes, you will do this. I will force you to do this. And it seems like the more I forced, the more she forced back, she just would have none of it. And, you know, I, I was able to ride her for about a year, but it was, it was just killing me inside. You know, I had to be so precise. She, she would never have become a kid's pony. She would have been that, that kid's pony that nobody wants to ride. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, she was so sensitive you know she'd try and bite you as you got on bite you as you tighten the girth bite you as you got off bite you as you wanted her to go forward um so it it, it wasn't right it just wasn't right that I could or, or I could send her to somebody else who would just get stronger you know I was the gentle one so that's when I said, no, I can't do this. So, so I had read some books and watched some videos, you know, people like Klaus Hempfling and Alexander Nevzorov and Linda Kohanov and Carolyn Resnick. It's like, wow, okay, these people look like they have something that creates a, a real willing partnership. So, so I did what, <laughs> what no horse trainer should do. I bought the pony myself. Because I, I couldn't imagine her going somewhere else and having a, a decent life. And, and I really mm -hmm. looked at her and, and said, you know, who am I? Who am I to force you into something? You know, I truly believed at the time that if she didn't become a good riding pony, then she would end up as dog food or end up as, you know, something worse than what she knew at the moment. Right. Um, so I had to really question that. Is that really true? And the spoiler, uh, I still have her. She's 18 now. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> She'll be 19 this month. And, and she's amazing. She is amazing. And she's taught me so mm. much. But yeah, that's, that's when I, I did. I literally sold the farm. I sold my ranch, uh, boarded the horses that were mine, sent home the horses in training that, that I was done with. Um, and, and took, you know, it took 
two years of filming and editing to really bring that together. There were a lot of different trips. And in between the trips, I would come back and practice with my horses and try and find this different way. And I found it. It was not what I thought it would be for sure. <laughs> it never is, right? It's, it's no. never what we think it's going to be. <laughs> no, it was not. But it was, it was what I was really looking for. And, and I would say that the big turning point in that was when I met Alexander Nevzorov's horses in Russia. Mm-hmm. And meeting his horses was just a cathartic experience. It was, it was, they were so empowered. They were so, you know, just come right up to you and say, hi, who are you? And none of this, like I've been, I've been hurt and I've been mistreated and I'm a little wary about what you're about. It was like, they were, they were full people. (laughs) They were full in themselves. And I thought, Mm -hmm. wow, I, I never realized this is what horses really are. This is what they you, can be. You'd never experienced it because all these show horses yeah. from the show world are shut down. Exactly. They're not allowed to express themselves and have their own autonomy. You're going to be mm-hmm. this today because I said so. Right. 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 I say you do. And, and Alexander had found a way to have this two-way conversation that, that empowered the horses. And that empowered the people that were with them. So, so after getting back from Russia, it's like, okay, that's all I want. <laughs> all I want was to have this, this equal two-way conversation and to have these empowered horses. You know, and of course, this pony, Sophie, she had already been leading me on that path. So it was, it was wonderful to have her as, as a teacher all this time. You know, she was three when she was sent to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my other mare who, who was having none of it also was like, yes, finally, you've gotten it. And she was so, I mean, she was so wise and so loving. She always, she always treated me like I was her foal. You know, she'd love to just stand over me and swish flies and be motherly. Mm, so, that's so beautiful. Yeah. So once I realigned myself and readjusted my expectations and my dreams, to what they were originally, which is just to, to really understand horses and to, I mean, it's, it's like you want the best life for them. And then society, humans brainwash you to think, well, that means you win at shows. That means that you are a trainer and you work with lots of horses. But it wasn't that. It's that you, for me, it was that I understand the horses and we're I'm empowering them just like they were my own children to go out and have their own life and do their own thing. Not, not that they have to do what I say, because who am I to know what's best for them? Yeah. I mean, they're still aligned. I I still think I do know what's best sometimes when it comes to hoof care and different health things, but you don't let, you don't just let them run all over you and do whatever they want. Right. There's still healthy boundaries. There's, you know, relationship because I Mm -hmm. feel like people who are still in what I'd like to say that old mindset about stuff, you know, the, in the horse show world and they're, you know, to a degree, they're just doing what they know to do because somebody taught them that and they're, they have to make a living and that's all they know. Right. But when they start to see some of this stuff, they'll argue it a little bit. Do you oh, know what I lot. mean? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
so let's talk about that a little bit. And the reason I bring it up is because um, I have a, an acquaintance who was wooed by a, a big time show trainer. When I say wooed, because it took him like over a year, the guy kept saying, you need to cut. I, he'd see him riding his horses at, at the shows and be like, they're different. They're quieter. Why are they going around differently? And he kept begging him to come work for him. And it took him over a year of, of wooing him. And he finally like, because it was a big deal, you know, shut down his own training business. Plus he's a farrier and, you know, moved his wife and children halfway across the country to go work for this horse trainer. And the horse trainer is really happy with how the horses are going. And he, you know, his mind was like, well, maybe I can make a difference for this guy and he can learn how to do this. And then train all of his horses this way. And, it, and it's great that the guy was open to having him come and train differently, but he was just like, oh, well, you got the horse, this horse going really well. Now we can sell her and make money, but still not interested in learning the approach himself. So I guess it's kind of baby steps, but how do you address that with people who aren't open to it? Yeah, I, there's a lot of people I just walk away from, honestly, mm. you know, people, find me and maybe they they think they want to work with me and and we have some real heartfelt conversations and one of them is is often um you know if if it turns out that this horse is not going to be suitable to even be ridden or to show or to do what you want to do what happens you know is it going to be sold are you going to get another horse or are you going to stick with this horse no matter what because the truth is once you start really listening to the horse and understanding them very often they say they don't want to be doing what you're doing and and if you're not if that's not okay and that means the horse gets sold and you get a different horse then just do that you know like it's not a good fit to work together because it's scary when you do truly understand the horse and when you want to give them what they're asking for which might be a month off of riding, might, might be a year off of riding, might be the rest of their lives off of riding. And so if, if it's more about the riding than the horse, then it's just not a good fit. You know, go, go to the trainer down the road and they'll, they'll whip them into shape. So let's talk about a little bit how, how you approach this in your work. You were talking about it's this inter, you know, connectedness around perceptions and freedom and consciousness and around why you have the horses, right? Like mm -hmm. explain how you, how you do your work around this concept. Yeah. Well, when I'm working with people, it is really about raising consciousness and about finding our freedom within and our, our sanctuary within so that the horse can be free to be themselves because that's, that's where horses are really trapped is in our concepts of who they need to be. You know, I bought you, you need to work for me. The, the horse doesn't have that concept. The horse is just, right. you know, has no choice in the matter that, you know, they're living where you tell them to live. They're eating what you tell them to eat. They're, you know, they, they have very, very little autonomy. And I love that word. Um, I'm, I do too. I, I think the, the, the new thing that I'm excited about is, is promoting autonomous horsemanship. What is autonomous horsemanship? Oh my gosh. Mm. <laughs> Giving the horse a full choice in what they can do 
and obviously in, in captivity, the horses can't be fully autonomous because they're inside of our fences. Um, but within that parameter, how autonomous can you have that relationship? And the cool thing is the more freedom you find in yourself, the more freedom the horse gets, the better your relationship gets. And the more they open up levels of communication that you may not have known was even possible. So it's... And doesn't everybody just want peace and freedom? Exactly. Exactly. If you trace it back, you know, what really do you want with horses? They are symbols of peace and freedom. But, but we're brainwashed by our human society to think that, well, that comes after your horse is well-trained, after they're bomb-proof, after they can win at the show. But it's not true. You know, I'm, I'm sure you know, the more you win, it doesn't get better. It doesn't get more peaceful. It doesn't get more free. It gets... No, people just still want more, more, more exactly. ribbons or, oh, I want to get another horse that can do bigger trot better mm -hmm. lead change you know like it's just it's that ego base more 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 because they're looking for that that external validation which comes at the expense of the horse usually when really the answer always lies within but very rarely are they looking within and within also within the horse but you have to take the time to make that connection with the horse to even see that so i love that you're you're raising the consciousness the awareness around yeah. that yeah yeah let horses be who they were born to be and in that you're you're in harmony you're in harmony with life you're not trying to make a, a square peg fit in a round hole you're you're finding the heart i mean and horses are they are they are harmony when when they have enough space and a, a stable herd environment and they really have what we're missing which is that presence that peace in the moment that uh strong social bonds the the ability to have disagreements and have boundaries but have them in a very beautiful harmonious way so i, I think at this point they have so much more to teach us than we have to teach them oh absolutely yeah yeah i have a two-year-old that he he was waned too early not by me but by the breeder and he he just wants to touch you right mm -hmm. he just he always wants to touch you my mom's like why is he always touching me and I'm like why is it a bad thing right. you know because we're she's like afraid oh he's gonna nip or he's gonna bite her and it's like but he if you just let him touch and connect for a moment and then he gets it out of his system and he's good but he just wants that connection but people don't always think of that they're they're waiting because they're such big animals right mm -hmm. they're waiting for oh the bite or the nip or i'll get stepped on or i i always have people be like why you know why are you walking behind your horse and like i'm like they don't kick because they kick they kick for a reason like right so people don't always understand that and when you have that connection and that understanding they're not gonna kick you yeah it's good yeah go, yeah taking that's, that's everything such a to a different thing. level mm -hmm. yeah yeah people will say that you know with my horses and i know my horses i know when they will kick and when they won't kick but it's right it's like well don't walk by a human because they might kick you too you know they're probably not but <laughs> you're, you're as likely to get kicked by a random human as by this horse you know it's 
Again, At least verbally, that... verbally kicked. <laughs> right. You know, you never... <laughs> um, so this journey of yours, which really was Sophie, was it Sophie yep. the pony? Yep, Sophie the, the pony. Was really, she was the catalyst mm-hmm. of this journey that led you down this path of doing this documentary, The Path of the Horse, no, mm-hmm. no pun intended. Mm-hmm. And, and now you're still working with people, but not in necessarily the capacity of a horse trainer, a traditional sense of horse trainer. And as you're doing mm-hmm. this work, you're finding that you're wanting to take it to even another level going a little deeper by creating a sanctuary. Yeah. So can tell us about this, you know, the, the world needs places where people and horses and all animals can come and be themselves and be it's, it's okay to just be yourself. And I think when when there are these more physical places that people can come and experience it, especially in regards to horses, because we have such a long history of humans oppressing horses, but to, to be physically in a place where, no, we don't do that with horses. We don't hit them. We don't, we don't uh, tell them what they need to be doing. We're, we're learning with them. They're co-creating with us. Um, so, you know, just let's cut to the chase. Let's not wait for government to be fixed. Let's not wait for politics to be fixed. <laughs> let's, let's create these places where we're just doing it in a more holistic, harmonious, healthy way. So, um, so I have this group of, of us, we're called Many Paths to the Heart. And we're really about creating both inner and outer sanctuary. You know, you really can't have a sanctuary in the physical sense if you don't have that inner sanctuary within yourself. And the the kind of inner sanctuary I'm talking about is where, you know, if if we have a, a dog, the dog just wants to be with me because they know that it's safe and healthy. <clears throat> You know, I have fences to keep the horses out of my bedroom. That's <laughs> you know, not, yeah. <laughs> it's not really to keep them in. It's to keep them, you know, so I can have my space. So it's, mm-hmm. it's creating that sanctuary within yourself. And maybe you just have one horse and it's at a boarding stable. But if you are that sanctuary for that horse, yes, that's, that's what we're looking. That's what we're talking about is creating yourself as the sanctuary. And then the next step is to create a bigger physical sanctuary for me. Um, I definitely want to create one near where I live here so that people can come and experience this. Um, we're not, we're not there with the funding yet. So if anybody has funding ideas, I'm definitely open to that. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I'm working with a team of people that are around the world in Sweden and Switzerland and, um, all over the U.S. and we're we're dreaming it in. We're we're really yeah. There's power in numbers, right? Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. bring bring like-minded energies together, the manifestation it will happen. It's all in yeah. divine timing. Yeah, it feels good. And you know, you know, it's going to succeed because it feels good right now. It feels like yes, this is mm-hmm. this is. It, we've already have it in some sense. It just needs to 
uh, keep expanding into the physical more. Right, right. So share with the listeners um, you know, what the sanctuary is going to offer for the horses, you know, around autonomy and how they get to live and be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really, you know, as much as possible, we want to make them co-creators, co-advisors, co uh inhabitants of this place so um yes i'm sure there there will still be fences to keep them on the land and uh out of our houses <laughs> maybe i don't uh-huh. know maybe we'll have some <laughs> cohabiting horses and humans well, the, the, Be- the bedouin tribes had their arabians live in the tents with them i don't know why mm-hmm. we can't do that yeah, exactly exactly it's it i'm i'm open to that um but it's it's going to feel really different because you know you you go to a place to be with horses and you think you're going to do something with them you know you're going to lead them you're going to brush them you're going to ride them and and this will not be that this will be the horses are just there they have their own ideas of how they want to spend the day and they're going to get to do that you know i mean of course if there's medical things that really need to be done we're going to we're going to search our hearts and try and find the best harmonious solution with their input. Um, but we don't know. I mean, and that's that's part of the, the beauty of this exploration is it really is about finding that that voice in the moment that that calling of, OK, this this is what brings peace. This is what I want to do. Uh, in relation to this beloved horse that is here in front of me. And the horses are such a big symbol for freedom and we don't always get to see them in their natural place of being free. And, you know, I grew up on a farm, you know, on hundreds of acres. And I just thought that's how everybody kept their horses and animals and got to see the wildlife and the turkeys and the deer and the raccoons and everything just come and go as they please until I like moved to Arizona and I was like oh horses Mm -hmm. just live in a 12 by 12 stall and go in the sand round pen for an hour a day and I'm like huh I didn't know people did this right and so I, I didn't realize that not everybody gets to experience what I grew up as just was a way of life so I love that you're offering this sanctuary for people to come and have this human horse experience mm-hmm. and just be in it and getting to have a two-way conversation with the horse right you mm-hmm. you have talked about how we really need to explore that let's let's speak to that a little bit yeah that that really starts when you can truly honor their no. No means no. If they don't want to be brushed, if they're walking away, it's okay. If they don't want their feet done in that moment, it, you, know, it, you know, you have their foot up and you want to pick it out, but they put it down. Can you honor that no? And for most horses you know, that have been traditionally trained or even natural horsemen tra- tra- trained, um, they're, they they're shut down to a greater or lesser extent and you know that's why it seems like oh you know he he just lets me do anything with him but once once they start seeing that you'll honor their no 
of course, then there's a lot more no, which is fine, <laughs> but it's like they have mm -hmm. to, they have to test that out enough to feel safe again. So an example of, of picking up the feet, you know, of course it's scary to let the horse put its foot down in, and the fear is, well, he's never going to let me pick it up again, but it's just not the case. You know, it's there, there is a point when you let them say no enough when they're like, oh, okay, well, maybe it's okay. And I trust now that if I feel uncomfortable, you're going to let me put it down. So it's no big deal. So that's just a completely 180 different mindset then you can't let them get away with that. Yeah. And what about what about honoring their yes? Right? Like like my baby, I want to touch you. I want to connect with you right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes. Let's do that now because you want to do it now. Not because oh, I'm busy and I'm cleaning poop or I got to be here, I got to be there, but taking that moment to also honor their yes. Yeah. And listening yeah. to them. Yeah. Just like a child, you know, they have something to say. Are you going to be there and listen and reflect back to them or not? And, and that's, you know, with a horse that wants to come up and touch you a lot, um, you also have to talk about boundaries. You know, is, is that really okay with you or is that too scary to you? And if it's too scary, I would say, don't make them wrong. Just you leave. You just go behind a fence where you feel safe. Right. So don't push them away. Don't, don't tell them they're wrong for doing that. But if you really feel unsafe, you know, go behind a tree, go behind the more dominant horse, go, go behind the fence, you walk away. But pushing them away is not to me, not honoring their, their yes. Exactly. And so by punish, yeah. and we shouldn't yeah. punishing, shouldn't no. punish them for it. No, because they're not doing anything wrong. The other thing I love about the sanctuary is how the importance of the herd getting to live together. And, you know, we know that movement for horses is so important, but you talk about relationships, long-term relationships and stability and reducing stress. And I'd love for the listeners to hear that from you. Yeah. So you know, growing up here in California, there's a lot of riding stables and, and there might be a herd of say lesson horses that are all turned out together, but that is just the most aggressive place. It's, you know, the horses aren't, aren't comfortable in their bodies. There's, there's new horses coming and going. There's, that's just not, not a natural horse thing. That's, that's us trying to have something convenient. So to, to honor the horses, we wouldn't do that. And that's why I, I really think sanctuary is the answer rather than a rescue, because even in a rescue, horses are coming and going, you know, you want to mm -hmm. get them off to the next place. And that, that's just not, not who they are. That's not honoring the, the, the wisdom of who they are, who we are too, but you know, we got to start somewhere. Right. Um, so the more we can have this, this stable group with enough space that if they don't get along with somebody, they can go off and join another group or have another best friend. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think for people who don't have many horses, for me, that the smallest group I've seen that really works well is like four horses. So and preferably two mares, two geldings, um, and they tend to pair up. But, you know, if you get three geldings and one mare 
again, it, you know, it's in general, it, it's too much stress because all the geldings want to be the best buddy of the mayor and she's getting annoyed and they're getting annoyed. Um, can usually work out with one gelding and three mares, but you know, you really want even more than that. And, and, you know, it sounds like, well, you know, the horses are going to have a better life than we, we are, but I think, I think that's part of the gift they're, they're leading us to see like, well, maybe we do need to have better lives ourselves where we have safe places where, you know, there's, there's something really metaphorical about if, if the horse doesn't have to serve us, that it gives us permission that, I mean, number one, we're doing a lot less in horse care and training. You know, they're, they're, they know how to survive. They were here millions and millions of years before us. You know, even most domestic horses, if they're reintroduced to a more wildlife, they, they do great. So having them in sanctuary gives us permission to have a more harmonious life ourselves as, as their caretakers. Yeah, so what I'm hearing you say is I need to get myself another mare. Ah, yes, if you're having those sort of issues, you're like, how did you know? <laughs> no, I'm joking because I'm already I was like, what do you need four horses for? But I only have one mare, but it oh, actually... Okay. But three is two is a horrible number and three is a horrible number, but there is more mm -hmm. harmony with the four. But I'm like, yeah. but if she needs a mare, she, I need another horse. You do. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can have too many as long as you're caring for them. But right. but what's something that's been showing up for me lately is these people that think it's okay to have a horse be alone. Mm. And, you know, and I had a client reach out to me and the horse was distressed and and I've tried talking to them before. Oh, she's fine. She can hang out with the cows on the other side of the fence. And it's mm -hmm. like, but what you don't understand, <laughs> you know, it's like the equine and the bovine don't speak the same language. Yeah. It's totally different languages. And, and around here, I notice it all the time. People will turn their horses out in the pasture with the cows. And like the other day I was driving by and I saw there was three horses out with the cows, but you know what? Those horses weren't hanging out with the cows. They were together standing under the tree, mm -hmm. swishing each other's flies off their, you know, faces with their tails. They would never do that with the cow. Right. And, and people, I just don't understand how they feel it's okay for a horse to be alone. It, like it, they don't sleep. They never get that sleep. They never feel safe. They need that herd, even if it is just two, but they need that each other to scratch each other's withers and interact mm -hmm. that that herd interaction is just, don't you feel it's just, it's necessary for not just their survival, but for them to thrive yeah. as a living being. Yeah, that, yeah, it's like birds need to be in flocks, horses need to be in herds and you know, even when there's just two, you'll see them mirroring each other, you know, they mm -hmm. they just have this innate bonding that they have with other horses that, you know, I, I go back and forth because I know some really kind hearted horse people that, you know, have had some bad experiences trying to turn their horse out with other horses and, 
you know, it's, it's really hard when, when traumatic things have happened and, you know, they're coming from the right place. And of course they want the best for the horse, but, you know, they, they try it and bad things happen and, Mm -hmm. you know, who's to say, who's to say, I mean, quality of life versus quantity of life. It's kind of that, that whole idea that, you know, you want to bubble wrap your horse and keep him safe versus giving him something that might fit the emotional needs better, but maybe it means a shorter life. I don't know. Um, so yes, I, I totally agree. Horses need each other. Herds are where it's at. And, and honestly, I would, I would probably advocate for a, a shorter, more wild life than a bubble wrapped, you know, 50 year old horse who's never been out with another horse. Sure. Yeah. And, and we, as humans are social animals, we're herd animals and, you know, we know this from the pandemic, people don't do well being locked up and isolated. Mm -hmm. So why would we expect that from our animals? Right. It just comes down to who are you listening to? And, you know, 90% of trainers will say, yeah, he's fine. You know, you don't want to risk him being out with that in, in the turnout with another horse because he might get kicked. Yeah, he might get kicked. Well, here's the fun. The, here's the thing: is they're fine, right? Until they're not, right? right? Yeah, they're. And what and what we don't always acknowledge, and I feel like some people don't understand, is that emotional imbalances manifest into physical issues, right? And so they're just, mm-hmm. oh, the horse is fine being locked up. Oh, but he's lame. But this, but that. But as long mm-hmm. as he's not out with the other horse getting kicked. And they don't right. think of that, that interconnected part. You know, I always say that, that health and well-being is, is not just for horses, but, you know, for anything, people, dogs, cats, is a, it's a four-legged stool. We have physical, chemical, emotional, and the spiritual. What is their spirit of being? What is the, your spirit and how you show up? What is the interconnectedness of your spirit? Are you listening? Are you listening to the the horse's heart and soul and his yeses and his nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's ah. what we're listening for. Yep. So very good stuff, Stormy. I um, appreciate your time. And I feel like, I don't feel I know horse women can talk and talk and talk, but mm-hmm. I want to honor your time today. And can you share with people where they can find out more about you and the sanctuary? Yeah. So my main website, stormymay.com, just like it sounds, the weather in the month. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I have everything linked there. You can watch everything from the path of the horse. I have a free web class there. Um, I have a new series I'm working on called Peace and Horses. And the first three of the four episodes are available there. And then there's also a link to the Many Paths to the Heart group, which is, you can find it directly at manypathstotheheart.com or through Stormy May. Um, And that, you know, we don't have really the physical sanctuaries yet, but we're working on the inner sanctuary with the members. So um, there's a community that people can join there for for free or for a paid support. It's up to you. Um, But we have- And it's a- 
a nominal, very nominal. Oh yeah, yeah, support. Yeah, yeah, and if if you can't pay it, that's fine too. You still get full access to everything. So we want to make it inclusive, and we've been having some really great monthly calls there. And we have a you know it's not Facebook; it's a different platform where we can share our experiences and our questions so it's a really I love that and no no trollers no people bad mouth and anything it's just a like-minded community of horse advocates coming together beautiful exactly yeah yeah it's really inclusive and it's no like well you can't join if you believe this it's like no this is Mm. a place for everybody so can you take us out today with some wonderful stormy may equine wisdom what are the horses wanting to share with us today the biggest thing that that i continually get from them is is presence is that ability to come back from whatever disturbance is happening back to oh actually in this moment everything's fine there you know the the bills the the repairs the the things on our agenda yeah that they can happen but they can happen in a harmonious way if we have that way to just come back to come back to grazing come back to the present come back to this breath so um, for those of you who are lucky enough to have time with horses just go out and be with the horse be interested in what they're interested in follow you know follow them grazing see exactly which particular grasses they're picking at you know watch their ears you know what are they tuning into and you can do this with with dogs and cats too just sit with them be with them consider them the wise teacher you know if you were a wise teacher what would you be teaching me right now and maybe it's just relax (laughs) don't take things Mm. so seriously you know that they're so full of wisdom when we switch our own mindset to be open to that to see the wisdom that they're trying to share with us yes and i i find that people have a hard time they have in this busy noisy world they have a hard time learning to be present with themselves let alone somebody else or another horse or animal um i'm actually i've done some previously and i'm going to be doing some more just presencing groups just coming in a small group and let's, let's just learn how to be present within ourselves because how we have to learn how to show up for ourselves before we can show up for the horses and the animals. We just, our last call was, was about how to find the yes and the no within yourself. It's a really beautiful call. And the one before that we did how to identify the yes and the no in the horse. So yes, that's, that's so key. Like if you don't, if you can't use your own body to, to determine what, what is a true yes, I want to do this, and what is a true no, you're just, you're just like a sailboat without a sail. You're just right. flying, flying where the wind blows. Well, thank you for sharing your, your equine words of wisdom today. And I look forward to visiting the sanctuary Yay. one day sooner than later I feel I feel like I can see it every time I say the sanctuary I just have this vision of what it looks like and it just makes me feel good on the inside Mm -hmm. just thinking about it so I'm so excited for you and 
support you and listeners go to stormymay.com to find out more about it watch the documentary the path of the horse and all of the other beautiful projects that you're putting out and uh, go to consciousfeet.com to find out more about the presencing groups and until next time listeners embrace your inner horse crazy and more importantly enjoy your horse <laughs>